0: we are now talking about the questions, hmm, can we lose the Holy Spirit? Can we grieve the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit is a person, is the presence of Jesus and God in our lives? And then finally, how can we renew that Holy Spirit? So this is kind of the outline of today. You know, a lot of people ask, well, can you lose your salvation? Can you lose the Holy Spirit? Uh, Going back to what we talked about last time, Uh, The Holy Spirit is with us, in us, and can come upon us. Certainly we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God coming upon us. If we have sin in our lives and not walking with God, God's not going to use us. His special anointing of the Holy Spirit isn't going to use us. He's going to use those that um, are open and willing and submissive to God's Spirit. Just like he did at Pentecost, the 150 there, they were believing, they were open, and God used them in a mighty way. The first point, can we lose the Holy Spirit? In Psalm 51, David prays, you know, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Well, what does that mean, right? Um, In some commentaries I was reading, uh, it's not that God's Holy Spirit is gonna be gonna abandon us or leave us totally, but it is truly like a relationship. God's Spirit is there with us every day of our lives. Just like that little track, you know, there's a four spiritual laws track that we were or all have been exposed to. There was another one that I kind of liked. It was called My Heart Christ's Home. Do you guys remember that one? My Heart Christ's Home? Look that one up on the internet. It's 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 up there, I'm sure where when we invite Christ in our life, we typically bring him into what? Just like when we have company, we bring them into the front room, <laughs> right? The front room that's all nice and kept. Maybe that's where we have our nice furniture and uh, and all. And then if people start wandering around like, oh, I have to use the restroom. And we go, uh, use this one, <laughs> right? We direct traffic. Uh, no, no, this one over here, go over there. We know that one. That's Uh, fairly well-kept. But when we invite Jesus into our life, he wants to what? He wants to live in our whole lives. He wants to come back into maybe the second bedroom (laughs) where we stuffed all our junk, right? Uh, The extra bedroom. He wants to look in our kitchen. He wants to look in our refrigerator. He wants to... uh, be Lord of our lives and look at our calendar, right, where we spend our time. He wants to look maybe in our bank account, in our checkbook. God wants to be involved in our lives that we don't always show people, right? God even wants to heal and uh, redeem those things in our proverbial closets, right? So we can... uh, grieve the Holy Spirit, certainly, but God, we can't lose the Holy Spirit, but think of it like a relationship, okay? Think of it like a marriage. Those of you that have been married, those of you that have uh, been in a significant relationship, those in your immediate um, extended relationships, your friends, your BFFs, this is what it's like. Can you Um, have a rift in a relationship, I think this is what it means as far as take not your Holy Spirit from me. Going back, I got sidetracked a little bit, going back to what King David said. uh, Some commentaries are thinking that he's referring to his father, King Saul. King Saul, who became an evil king. Uh, Earlier, it says the Holy Spirit anointed King Saul. The Holy Spirit was with King Saul, but he became an evil king, and the Holy Spirit, he left no room for the Holy Spirit in his life. So today we're going to be talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is not only a person, but the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in our lives every day of our lives, all right? So let's uh, open up 1 Thessalonians 5, eleven. Let's, let's turn to that. I like what Paul says occasionally. I don't want you to be ignorant about these things, okay? Uh, why do I spend so much time on this introduction about who the Holy Spirit is? Is because we often come to the Holy Spirit as if it's It is something impersonal, okay? And the more impersonal we make the presence of God in our lives, the more we keep God as something in the Old Testament, an external force, the more we keep Jesus as something historical that we celebrated baby Jesus uh, uh, with the lamb and the manger and then Jesus on the cross, those images, the more we leave God's presence in those images, the less personal will our relationship with God will be. So we need to personalize God's presence. So I like what uh, the Apostle Paul says sometimes. About these things, I don't want you to be ignorant. (laughs) I like that. So we're going to be reading out of some of his letters to the church at Thessalonica. I think I said that. The Thessalonians. That rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Um, And the church at Ephesians. So let's read out of 1 Thessalonians 5.11. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And we urge you, brothers, and warn you, those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, do not put out the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, test everything, hold on to good, and avoid every kind of evil. Okay, and then let's move over to Ephesians. So continuing on in the uh, uh, first couple of comments on First Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul instructs basically what the church is to be about, and all these things culminates to him saying, "Do these things and don't quench the Holy Spirit." Verse 22 says, "Avoid every kind of evil." So where there is he doesn't want us to not respect uh, the brothers over you, not respecting authority. Older brothers, older sisters, not having peace, not being idle. Not ignoring the timid and weak and impatient, being impatient with one another. Not having revenge, wrong for wrong, unkindness, lack of joy, not praying, or being unthankful in all circumstances. These are the things that open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians 4.29, so these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit these are the things that cause the relationship to go sour. These are the things that cause the friendship to be estranged. These are the things that cause a rift between uh, close relationships. These are the things that cause uh, people to be estranged, divorce between husband and wife. Ephesians 4 29 continues, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. So, you know, right, you know, you have your friends, they have their, I don't know, bragging spirits, cutting spirits. Sometimes that's a person's persona, where they just joke and kind of cut on you and uh, um, they tease and all. But we need to uh, transition to not letting any unwholesome talk coming out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That is, that it may be benefit for those who listen. So you know what I'm talking about. Often when I'm around my friends or family, um, you know, people are trying to be funny. They want to talk or say something like they know something important or they want to give you advice. Um, But a Christian testimony should be thinking about who are we talking to? What should our comments be? Not only to impress people um, or to feel good about what we are saying, but think about those who are present and what we can do to lift them up. Um, I love... uh, I loved watching, I I commented once that I don't, don't, in my Christian experience, I haven't had too many, you know, role models that I've seen, you know, exemplify the fruit and testimony of the Holy Spirit. But my father-in-law was a believer. Um, He was also a principal of elementary school. He was a teacher of elementary school kids, so he knew how to be around young kids. And uh, it was such a joy to see him talk with the grandchildren, not only my kids, but all the grandchildren. And uh, in that relationship, as a grandfather is talking to a grandchild, you know, the grandchild doesn't care what's going on in your life, <laughs> right? And so that's, that's not the forum to say, oh, I've had a really bad day, <laughs> you know, or to say what you know, or to say what you think, or or uh, to say, to feel important about yourself as a grandparent. And maybe in this crowd, maybe you can understand what I'm relating to. But when you talk to a grandchild, like I said, you know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, a, a a bug, you know, that they came across last week, you know, and the whole conversation was, oh, you found a, you found an, a caterpillar. Yeah, I found a caterpillar, you know, and it's maybe something very inconsequential, but you talk to the child as it's, because it's very important to them, and you talk about their emotions. Oh, what did you do? How did you find it? What did you do with it? Because that was the highlight of the child's day. So, as we come across people, it's important to maybe think about, you know, I think about, you know, agendas, right? What's on your agenda of your mind as you inter, inter, interact with people that you come across? Um, I think of a teeter totter, right? When you have friends, equal friendships, that's a good friend. There's like a balance of of them listening to you and you listening to them. Uh, You all have those friends, right, that call you up, right? And as far as the equality of sharing in the relationships, and you're listening to all their problems and whatnot for whatever, 45 minutes to an hour, and they have no interest, right, or ask you what's going on with your day, right? That's what I call a teeter-totter, where you kind of go, okay, I'm giving in this relationship, and they have no interest in my well-being, right? And sometimes that person needs you, and sometimes we need to give that. But think about uh, those friends that after they share what's on their mind, oh, maybe it has been 45 minutes, then they finally say, how about you? How, How are you doing? And they equally reciprocate. All right, Kind of think about those teeter-totter relationships of equality. So back to our scripture here. Um, verse 429. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not, here it is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, This person that's with us, with whom we were sealed for the day on the day of redemption. So that points to the Holy Spirit is within us on the day that we were sealed for redemption. The day that we trusted God with all of our lives. He goes on to say the things that grieve. For example, he's saying these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. That tampen down that relationship. That cause a rift that cause it not to grow is get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, but be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven you. I'm going to continue on and read half of chapter five, so follow along with me. Chapter five, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In other words, be self-sacrificial, just as Christ loved us. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people there should not be there should not be obscenity foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving for, for of this you can be sure no immoral impure or greedy person such as a man such a man is an idolater No immoral, impure or greeter person has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you by their empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes. God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For once you were in darkness, but now you are in the light in the Lord. Live as children in the light for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is disobedient, what the disobedient do in secret. And finally, the last part of chapter five, but But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. This is the Holy Spirit. uh, As we open ourselves, put away the old and put on the new. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but wise and these are some examples of unwise versus wise making what is wise making the most of every opportunity because the days because the days are evil therefore here's another example of not being wise and unwise therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is what is not the lord's will do not get drunk with wine, but which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms. And this is what uh, Gary shared in the beginning. Speak to, to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, submit to one another out of reverence for God. Um, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? It's to, to, to do the opposite of these things. How do we open the relationship for, the whole, for, the, for that relationship to grow, like a friendship, okay? Like you've met someone, um, I've been uh, investing in kind of exercise recently for my heart. I shared with our little small group. And I've been meeting people because I've been playing pickleball recently. (laughs) I think it was last uh, November that I made poked fun at people playing pickleball. And here I am taking up the sport as well. Um, My brother took up pickleball recently. And he invited me to play, and I had a good time, and I thought I'd get into it a little more. So I'm going to take a lesson. I've joined the Elk Grove Pickleball Club, and so they have little meetups with little instructions and, uh, and whatnot. But you meet new people, right? From an acquaintance to getting to know them a little bit better, having common interests. Now I found out that my neighbor plays, who I've known for Years and years. And, uh, and in fact, it was, it's Ann Jan. Ann Jan's granddaughter is, uh, is my neighbor down the street, who I see occasionally. And we have common interests. She's a, she's a OT, occupational therapist. I'm a physical therapist. So we have things in common. Um, but she has been getting into pickleball. And so I asked her, well, next, the next time you go, give me a call. I may have some interest in going with you. So she's brought me along and introduced me to the place where they play in Elk Grove. And we've been playing, I don't know, at least at least once a week for the last month. And I've gotten to know them. Now we're, uh, I've been introduced to her friends that play. Now we're going to take a lesson together because we're kind of at the same level and whatnot. And uh, this is the budding of a friendship and common interests. And, but certainly things can go sour, right? Uh, another example, I went, I've gone to the casino in Sky River in Elk Grove recently. Now I've gotten all your attention. Pastor has gone to a casino in Elk Grove. Now what is he going to say about this? Well, they've got these restaurants, and I heard that on Wednesdays, you get $5 off your meal ticket for being a senior over 50, all right? If you're over 50, you get a discount, and they also give you $10 of free play, so they give you like 15 bucks to play around with, $5 off your meal and $10 of free play, so the first time I went, because I've seen people post these sandwiches of prime rib sandwiches that are like stacked this high, so it's like, ooh, I want to go for that on a Wednesday night. So the first time we went about three weeks ago, um, we got our discount on our sandwich, and we I met I saw friends from. Chinese community church there, my autometra's there, his whole extended family meets there on Wednesday, so I've seen people again. So it's kind of a fun little thing to do. We have our little meal and then we, it's almost like they give you free scratcher, free scratchers to play with, basically. They give you $10 to play. So, we went to, let's see, you get your little player's card and I couldn't figure out how to work the machine, you know? It's, it's like, it, it's a really awkward feeling of not knowing what to do, you know? I put in her card and it turns out red, bah, you know? It doesn't work, it doesn't go green, you know? Uh, long gone are the days where you put in a quarter and you pull the slot machine. You have to register for a little credit card, And then you have to put in your card. Now it knows it's you. You load your money on the card. Then you have to load your money from the card onto the machine. It's quite a process. So finally, I asked someone for help how to do this. And then he set it up for me. And, okay, this is how you do it. And the first time I pressed it, I got a bar, bar, bar. I want 40 bucks. 40 bucks. I was like, woohoo, I go, let's go home, <laughs> cash out. I got a little voucher for, I don't know, 30, $35, because it wouldn't let me cash out the free money. They make you play the money. So I kept, okay, let's get rid of these credits so we could go home. And I won $300 that first day. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Uh, is that gambling? I don't know. You guys are going to have to pray for me. I don't know. I didn't consider it gambling if you're playing with the money that they give you. I don't know. Is that justification or not? But anyway, we went back this past, the second time we went, I wanted the same machine, $70, $72. So I was joking with everybody. I wonder who the good luck charm is. Is it Joanne? Is it? Is it, is it my autometrist that I see in there? I go, let's see. I've seen you every week. Maybe it's you. So last week, I went again, and I didn't win anything. But uh, the story is, we sat and chit-chatted with people. We had good company, good food. Uh, As you interact with people, uh, some people you click with and you share, they listen to you, uh, whatnot. But when people just talk about themselves all the time, it's very one way. But this is how we need to think of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is kind of what the uh, take home of today's message I want to share with you is that um, um, having a relationship blossom, I shared uh, many, several weeks ago is sometimes you have to plant seeds and what? Pull weeds, right? In a relationship, you have to plant seeds of good things and take out, pull weeds in a relationship. This is the same thing we need to do with God and our, our, the Holy Spirit. And these, all these things in Ephesians and 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians is the same thing. This is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. This is how we um, cause the relationship with God to blossom. Is we need to plant seeds and pull weeds. He says here, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed, is get away from falsehood, sinning due to anger, controlling one's anger, stealing, unwholesome talk, getting rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and brawling. And sadly, as we go through this, you know, God just brings up people in our lives that are like that. I'm thinking of close relatives that um, their their whole lives are just about complaining, you know, unwholesome talk, uh, putting others down. Um, there's not the Holy Spirit cannot thrive in that situation. But instead, be kind, compassionate, forgiving, and Christ forgave us. Be intimidator, intimidators. I said that wrong imitators, thank you, of God, and live the life of sacrificial love. So think about those examples I gave. Apostle Paul gives many, many examples. Think of the examples of a grandfather talking to a grandchild. The wonderful story of the return of the prodigal son, written by Henry Nowen. if you're interested. Henry Nouwen uh, gives a wonderful meditation on the parable of the prodigal son and the return specifically of the prodigal son. It's basically in three chapters. His identifying being the younger son, as we all can at times, going off to a far off land. And then him identifying as the older son, kind of being trying to do all the right things, maybe filled with pride, maybe entitlement, um, maybe... uh, Uh, I deserve, you know, when things don't go right, being bitter because maybe, gosh, what did I do to deserve this, right? And then the final movement of the chapter of the book is becoming identifying as the father. So as we think of being a grandfather, now that I am a grandfather, (laughs) I have to get used to that, (laughs) I am in that stage of life, I think about uh, my father-in-law, you know, Grandpa Sato. Now, I think about him, and I, and I uh, look at his example, and I want to be imitators. I want to be an imitator of that. As you talk with a grandchild, that love and compassion and hearing of them, living a life of sacrifice. Certainly, there's all these other things that we kind of sometimes can't be uh, can't relate to these other any hint of sexual immorality Im- impurity greed for these things are improper of God's holy spirit or obscenity foolish talk or coarse, coarse joking rather i want you to focus this on the rather rather thanksgiving being thankful in all things it says sing and make music to in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. What does it say? Sometimes, during Thanksgiving, no, during mealtime, it says always for what? Everything. Uh, okay, uh, even, this is, this is where you could distinguish how Christians, you could be different than the non-Christian people around you. This is how you could be a good testimony, truly, is to be thankful, not only in the good things, all right? Not only in the good things, but in the trying times as well. Because we know that trying times, sometimes it is the result of my own behavior and God is trying to teach me a lesson and I am learning and I'm growing. And I am thankful for that. I am thankful for that as we look back, right? Sometimes in the trying times, God gives us a trial, right? A different difficult period in our life that you are learning. Uh, Being baptized by fire, right? As purifying us. As we give testimony of not only um, how things are going good, you know, we share in small group time, how are things going, right? And typically we share, oh, this went good this week, this went bad this week. You know, right? It's just, just this, you know, you know, uh, this is how we could be better testimonies of the joy that's within us. More than just, you know, a cup full of, you know, good experiences and bad experience. Going through life uh, instead of like a mouse, you know, in in a science experiment, you know, looking for good things and avoiding bad things, you know. God's Holy Spirit is much more than that, but even in the trying times, sharing what God is doing with us—it's hard to share the trying times in our in our lives. We all have them, but uh, this is how we can be thankful in all things. Uh, I'm going to close with just a short story about this. Is uh, um. My first act as a minister, I shared this before, was when I was uh, filling in for another minister during the summer, and I shared with you, uh, I was asked to go on a hospital call. And uh, I went and visited the person that was a member of that church, and they were either asleep or in a coma or something. And so I brought along my Billy Graham Christian Workers Manual because it has little topics, and (laughs) you know, appropriate scriptures so you don't have to think, oh, what scripture should I share? What should I say? Um, I brought that along with me. The person was asleep, so they didn't wake up after, I forgot how long I was there, 15, 20 minutes or so. And so I just prayed for them silently, and I was ready to go. And as soon as I was ready to go, the nurse asked, oh, are you a Baptist minister? And I said, uh... Yeah? (laughs) Yes? You know, who's asking? (laughs) What do you want to know? And they said, Oh, you're a Protestant. Next door, they said, uh, They are ready to take their loved one off of life support. Can you say a few words? Oh my gosh. Um, You know, besides funerals being the most fearful thing a minister could do, you know, Saying something at, at a person's when you're taking them off, pulling the plug on their life, or visiting families in the ICU has been one of the most challenging things I've done, When especially when it's their loved one, they're in a horrific accident, it's somebody else's fault, maybe it's a child. What do you say in these situations? I always rely on God prompts me what Ephesians uh, talks about, is to give thanks in everything. And often I'll start off with, God, it's easy to be angry. God, it's easy to be bewildered. God, it's easy. Right now, these are our emotions. But you tell us to give thanks in all things. So even when people are gathered around this ICU bed when this person is all banged up and you know tubes coming out all over the place. Um, God gives me the words to thank God that God saw fit to this per- that this person is alive. Right, your father is you know didn't die in this accident, and uh, that uh, has been a joyful thing to share with people because you. Uh, as a minister, as you are ministers to other people, as you talk with friends and family, um, you share your faith with them. I'm not talking about, you know, the four spiritual laws, but you share your hope with them. You share words of comfort. You share your faith and hope with them as you pray with them, right? As you uh, thank God for, for what God may be doing for them. As you share your hope, and joy in these things. Uh, This is how we share our faith with others. So these are the few thoughts I had for today. So in summary, this is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Like uh, we have to pull weeds, plant seeds, and pull weeds. We can make the Holy Spirit grieved. More so, we can make God sad, by what we do, what we say, because we are what? Temples of the Holy Spirit. God resides in us. He does not want us to be foolish. He wants us to understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be filled with wine versus be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are other analogies, certainly, that uh, the church is the bride of Christ. Whenever we uh, worship other gods, we become like an adulterer to God. We give our love and affection to others, and we grieve the person of the Holy Spirit by our actions, thoughts, by ignoring God, failure to respond to God's prompting. And today's message is not to tell you that God is mad at us other than God is sad. God is sad because he wants a relationship with us. All right okay let's close in prayer thank you for your kind attention god we thank you for your teaching we thank you that uh, we understand that you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us that you have given us your holy spirit your presence the presence of god the presence of jesus in the form of the holy spirit in our lives who speaks to us in our conscience, who reminds us of everything Jesus taught us, who reminds us of scripture that we have been diligent to read. God, you give us the words, the promptings of what to say and do. We thank you for your love, your companionship, and your constant help in our lives, God. God, we honor you as a a person, that we come to worship, that we spend time with. Uh, And as we, God, by the prompting of your spirit, to be imitators of your spirit, as we encounter others, our friends and family and our neighbors, God, help us to be like the father, like a grandfather, to share grace in our speech and all the things we say. In your son's name we pray, amen.